0: Relatively Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jared Mintz and Joseph Murdo.
1: Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Monday morning. It is September 12th, and we have two Monday night football games coming up tonight to wrap up week one in the NFL, which was just insane. But before we get into week one, let me introduce myself. I'm Jared Mintz. I'm your co-host and joining me on this beautiful nice monday morning it's really nice out is joe nardone joe how was your weekend
2: pretty good football filled no complaints it's also nice where i live hopefully it's nice where everybody else lives because if they're listening to this podcast and it's rainy and stuff that's not fun
1: i mean even if it's rainy i feel like it's got to be cooler than it's been i woke up today and it was like 63 degrees out that is like best case scenario for me i am so happy
2: well, that's good. And I, like I like waking up when it's nice and crisp outside, I and mean, it's not like you put on a pair of jeans and trot about your life.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I'm a big fan of wearing shorts. Like I, it'd be cool to wear shorts every day of the year. I like that. Living in the Northeast, I, I don't quite get to do that. So like fall, where it's kind of like shorts and maybe a hoodie or a long sleeve T-shirt. That's oh. definitely my wheelhouse. But I'm pretty excited for like sweatpants again. So oh shout yeah. Out to- Shout out to cool weather, shout out to the fall. Shout out you. to Sweatpants. Shout out to Sweatpants, big shout out Sweatpants. Um, yeah. <laughs> yesterday was a great day for Sweatpants, as I got to sit on my couch all day, recovering from a, a banger of a wedding the night before. We had a great time, congratulations to Caitlin and Eric, but anyway, back to the real story. Yeah,
2: Caitlin and Eric.
1: Yeah, Caitlin and Eric, fun times, good wedding. Uh, yesterday, nice day for the couch. NFL football, what a week, man. First time in NFL history that four games in week one were decided by exactly one point per the Elias Sports Bureau, which considering yesterday was like the most kicker folly day I've ever seen in my life, I swear to God, they're going to make like a blooper VHS tape and sell it in Burger King of all of the kicker follies we had yesterday in the NFL. Aside from that, Joe, what do you think of week one?
2: Uh, it was fun. Um, I don't have the NFL package. I know was free NFL Ticket for directing. red zone.
1: Eagles. Red zone was free yesterday too. Yeah,
2: so but I spent the, the the first game watching the entire Eagles thing. Followed that up with the Cowboys. Caught the end of the Colts game. Um, it, it was all fun. It was really fun to watch. And um, coaches are still really bad at time management. I like to see the consistency. Um, receivers still don't know where the sidelines are. And that's good to know. And um, some some quarterbacks that weren't very good last year or were on their way to being very good, were tremendous yesterday. I thought it was really, really fun opening opening Sunday at the NFL.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. And I know you kind of got to mention the games you, you got to watch yesterday. Obviously, I, I was watching a lot of Red Zone, and when I wasn't, I was local. I watched I watched my poor Jets blow a lead, and then I watched a little bit of the Giants-Cowboys game. But what really impressed me was last night's game with, between the the New England Patriots going on the road against the Arizona Cardinals and, and kind of sneaking away with the win despite not having Tom Brady for the first game of the season. And I, I know you didn't get to watch a ton of this game because, you know, you have children and a life and you can't consume 12 hours of football. A I was also
2: watching wrestling.
1: Oh, oh, I was really trying to give you an out. I wasn't trying to get you to explain. I was. It's okay. My, my hashtag that. brand won't be hurt by it. No, your hashtag brand is definitely increased by it. But mine, I don't know where mine is right now because – I'm ready to jump on the Jimmy Garoppolo bandwagon because he balled out last night. In his first career start, Garoppolo goes 24 for 33 for 264 yards and a touchdown. Le- leads a drive at the end of the game to, to help to help put that game in the books and, and beat a very good Cardinals team on the road. I, again, I know, I know you didn't get to see any of it, but what, what are your thoughts on, on the Patriots continuing without Brady and getting a really impressive win to start the season off?
2: Um I I think it's interesting. I don't think like whatever happens in three weeks from now like it's still going to be Tom Brady's job. Um it'll be interesting to see if Garoppolo plays in a way which makes Belichick want to trade him for like a number 2 overall or a number a second round draft pick or something. Um I think this just further highlights how how good of a coach Belichick is. I mean he's missing his two best offensive players, like Grant Kowalski and Brady, and he's having Chris Hogan catch a touchdown and I mean, like, it doesn't really matter the names on most of the guys' backs. And they beat a very good Arizona Cardinals team. I think it's kind of – it's more of the same, and it just makes you wonder, like, when Tom Brady does hang it up, I think most people just assume Belichick would go with him. If Belichick just decides to coach for his entire life, will it – this is super hyperbolic, but, like, will it matter who the quarterback is? Um, that's total one, week one, one game – overreaction um,
1: are you comfortable yet having the discussion about Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady being the more handsome quarterback <laughs> of course I'm not because it's Tom Brady and it's always going to be Tom Brady So, do I. I agree
2: with this there's been a weird push for the
1: Garoppolo kid that'd be more handsome
2: one Brady's older so like it's not a fear it's not apples and apples This so is Brady,
1: like, no but Brady being older gives him the advantage in your book because we found out a couple weeks ago that you have this thing for middle aged men but I'll let you continue wait, who
2: did I like last week
1: Oh, was it George Clooney? And oh, then there was oh, there was that was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no, yeah. Who, who else was it? There was someone else. I, I wish I could remember that. You, you were pretty, pretty fond of.
2: Well, whatever. But uh, <laughs> well, no, yeah. So like, all the hyperbole this week with Garoppolo, and then if he plays good, get plays well again next week, it'll start becoming whose team is this and all that jazz. Which is, I, I'm not here for that at all. Um, so hopefully, like he plays well. Like I'm not rooting against him. I just don't want him to get to the point where I have to turn on ESPN and hear Garoppolo or Brady when one guy's won a billion Super Bowls and the other guy is kind of just a guy at this point.
1: Right, and that's kind of what we get with 24-hour sports coverage. Mm -hmm. Is you know, Even before Dak Prescott, who we'll talk about in a few minutes, took his first snap, the talk was, we're probably not going to see Tony Romo in a Cowboys jersey again, or we're not going to see him play at least, or see the field. Here's a a Hall of
2: Fame chance for Carson Wentz yesterday.
1: I mean, he looked good. I understand it. Um, but but with, with, this, with this Garoppolo thing, it's just kind of like you're going to get it. You're going to get the Garoppolo or Brady. You're going to get the this guy played great. I can't believe he's going back to the bench. I mean, it's Tom Brady, and the interesting thing you said is, you know, what what what's this going to mean for the future of the Patriots? What's this going to mean for a life after Brady, which is almost inconceivable considering he's, you know, already 40 years old or however old he is and the guy – just keeps going and seemingly getting better every year but you well, only play
2: it like three or four more years
1: too, so Right. I and I think I think what you said here that, that makes the you know the, the strongest point is this is more just about about the Patriots and them being able to, to plug somebody in and Bill Belichick being an offensive genius and you know, I people don't really freak out when you hear Tom Brady's gonna miss time and I don't know if it just all goes back to two thousand eight and Matt Castle being able to step in and play so well but you knew that Garoppolo was going to be groomed and ready to play. I mean, this is his first start in his third season of his career. And he just, aside from the numbers, he looked good. He looked comfortable in the pocket. He looked good on the go. He, he moved pretty well. And he threw the ball running pretty mm-hmm. well, too. I just I, I was very impressed with the way he looked. And perhaps the most impressive thing about it is this came against a really good defense. And it came on the road against a really good mm-hmm. defense. I mean... I think the Cardinals are are NFC favorites this year. So for Garoppolo to be able to come out and do that, and like you mentioned, he did it thrown to to Chris Hogan and other guys who are less heralded. Guys of name,
2: like the fact that you had to say other guys means we don't know who they are.
1: No, I mean, you know, (laughs) he he, he had Edelman out there, and James White had a good end of his season last year, Martellus Bennett's there, but no Rob Gronkowski. Which is huge. uh, Right, right. To not have Gronk, who's the number one option in the offense, and the biggest safety blanket in the NFL, essentially, and to still be able to come out and, and complete 75% of his passes. Credit to
2: away. Josh McDaniels. I know you called Belichick the genius here.
1: I think this is a McDaniels thing, who's going to end up getting a head coaching job after this year again, I think. Oh, boy. I can't wait to see who it's with. But, yeah, I mean, he's a great offensive coordinator, and he's done great things with that team. And, you know, from top to bottom, this is the Patriots. This is the Patriots' way. Next man up, and they, they always seem to do well, so... It was cool to see Jimmy Garoppolo play well, even though I hate that team with passion. And it was interesting to see them come out and get a win. Only three more games without Brady. And uh, I'm hoping that we get full-blown Garoppolo or Brady coverage coming out. Oh, boo. Just kidding. All right, so I mentioned it before. The next game I wanted to talk about was the Cowboys, who just weren't able to, to get past their division rival Giants. And I don't mean to say that as a slight to the Giants, who obviously... Played pretty well. Sterling Shepard caught a touchdown in his first career game. Odell Beckham looked good. Victor Cruz, yeah, good for him. Good to see him healthy after having a couple bad seasons with with knee injuries. So good to see him get back out there and catch a touchdown. But Giants end up winning this game on the road, twenty to nineteen. Big drive towards the end of the game that the Cowboys just couldn't combat, and it was it was kind of wild to see the Cowboys not be able to take this game because pretty sure they dominated uh, time of possession. And it looked like their offense was able to, to do a lot and to, to get yards relatively easy through, through the air, um, even though Dez Bryant was held pretty much, pretty much catchless. What do he go? He went one for eight. And that um, came
2: really early on, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it, it, was just, it was interesting that all the predictions going into this game were that Dak Prescott probably wasn't going to throw the ball a ton and that the Cowboys defense would step up and help them win this game. Prescott winds up throwing 45 times, which, again, I was listening to a bunch of projections, and most people had him in the 25 to 30 attempts range, and he ends up throwing the ball 45 times. Didn't look all that great. Joe, are you are you worried about Dak Prescott? Are you worried about the Cowboys?
2: No, I mean, he's a rookie, and um, there were some weird variables in that game. Uh, they felt, Dallas must have felt obligated to get Ezekiel Elliott some touches, and I think that cost them a couple first downs. Because uh, Alfred Morris was a man on fire during that game. Uh, also, the uh, the sunlight was an issue in yeah. the second half of the game. Like we, were, I was watching the game, and like he, like Jason Witten dropped the ball. Somebody else dropped the ball. Like like passes, they would catch nine thousand percent of the time, which is not a real number, but you know what I mean. And so they were showing a replay of a game, or a play. I can't remember the exact play. So Prescott's rolling out. And it's like a lower-level cam they were using. And you could see the sun beaming off his helmet. And then they they flip it as – I think it was Witten trying to catch the ball. And you could see Witten's eyes, like, squinched in, in like pain from the sun. And, uh, I mean, obviously New York had to play in the same conditions. But in the second half, the way the Cowboys were driving up the field, it always felt like they were in those – because there was only some – spots in the field with that sunlight because the way the jury dome there is built it always felt like they were in those spots and uh that's like super weird to bring up in the thing but I also think like it would have helped Prescott's numbers look better and I don't think he was like I don't think he was great by any stretch of the imagination but he did some really really good things he has a good arm um I thought he made a couple of good decisions when he had no choice so, like, they were, like, throwaways, but they weren't really throwaways. Like, he wasn't necessarily outside the pocket it away. So you just overthrow the receivers, Some small stuff like that. I thought he did really well. Um, I thought the play calling, like, like, 45 passes is a ton for any quarterback. So I thought they could have ran the ball more with from Morris. And uh, it's weird because I, I have no idea how good the Giants are, none at all. So it's really hard to put this into perspective, like, what the big take from this is. If I'm a Dallas fan, I'm not, I'm not panicking, but Dak Prescott's first NFL game, he didn't go bonkers.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that that's where he was a little overhyped, was that people were expecting him to really be able to come in and put the team on his back and you know carry them, obviously, against a giant team that there were a lot of unknowns going into the game about. I don't know that defensively the Giants lived up to the expectations that their fans probably would have liked for them to have with all the money they spent in free agency, but... They still held Dallas to nineteen points and they still kinda contained the running game for the most part. I know Alfred Morris looked pretty good with the ball, but Ezekiel Elliott really couldn't get going and again, whether it was Dak or if it was just the the Giants defense, being able to hold Des Bryant to just one catch for eight yards really helped them win that game yesterday. I mean, the only guy that was able to really get going in the passing game was Jason Witten, who caught nine balls for sixty six yards. Also Cole Beasley who caught eight for sixty five, but that was more, you know, the, the Giants just not getting beat deep. The Giants not getting beat on the outsides. It oh, was, yeah, they're
2: all underneath throws, yeah, especially Beasley, all super underneath throws. And right. uh, Dallas' offensive line is probably the best offensive line in the NFL. I don't think that's actually debatable. So the fact that they were able to contain Elliott and pressure press got enough times is a real testament to the Giants' defensive line and linebackers.
1: Yeah, definitely. And again, offensively, they look good enough. Rashad Jennings had a very productive day running the ball. Shane Marine looked pretty good. Eli Manning threw three touchdowns, only one interception. So good start to the season for the Giants, who despite, again, getting dominated in terms of time of possession and the Cowboys looking a little comfortable offensively despite not being able to run the ball, the, the Giants were able to take away a win, and it's a good way for them to start their season. Let, let's move on. Those were the two games that I really kind of wanted to, to talk about first. But Are we going to pivot? I said let's move on, man. I don't know why you got to start picking fights with me. At I like picking fights with you. 9.30 it, in the morning. It makes better podcasts. Anyway, let, let's get back to week one. want to ask you a personal question. Oh, boy. Oh. What did <laughs> no, you see? No, I it? never
2: did it. No, God.
1: What did you see yesterday that you were the most surprised about? In a good way or a bad way? You tell me, bud. Ooh. I did not say Bud, specify. did you just call me
2: bud? Uh, I don't know. This isn't a surprise because the last two podcasts, i kind of been beaten home this point, um, Will Fuller being featured offensively with, by the Texans. Uh, he had, like, a tremendous game. I know he sent all kind of rookie records for first game ever or whatever for Houston. Um, that's kind of overblown because it's not like he caught, like, 22 balls or anything like that. But Osweiler, beginning of the game, everything was really short passes. Uh, they were trying to protect him, clearly. Uh, they went on to run the football. And then they are just like, hey, we have this really awesome rookie receiver. Let's start using him. And then Will Fuller just went bonkers.
1: Yeah, F- Fuller, Fuller had a nice day. Osweiler had a nice day. Pretty he ended up having half. a nice
2: day because he didn't start out great. He started out dink and dunk hoping the receivers would make something for him. And uh, because his M.O. was supposed to be that giant arm,
1: they, Bill O'Brien wasn't using it that way in the beginning. Right, but I, I think as we've seen, and probably why you were really predicting it so hard heading into the season, His big arm and having guys like Fuller and Hopkins and Jalen Strong and and Braxton Miller, who I expect them to to target a lot more moving forward, having guys like that means Osweiler's going to get a chance to air it out a little bit. And It seemed, once he did, I mean, you're playing the Bears, and obviously you want to be a little more conservative against the Bears because you should be able to to get pretty much anything you want offensively against them. Their defense struggled a bit yesterday. Um, So it was good to see the Texans kind of... Show show a little bit of short game and a little bit of long game. I'm excited to see the the Fuller Osweiler connection over the season too. So am I. Why don't they
2: use Alfred Blue more?
1: Because they just paid a billion dollars for Lamar Miller this off season. Who was he's going to get? He he's was gonna very get good. Touches man, he's going to get his 30 touches a game. Which well, then, he carried
2: breaks. about 28 times yesterday, correct?
1: Yeah, he had, he had 28 carries. He had uh, four catches on. I don't remember how many targets. That's he got insane yet. for today's
2: NFL to get that many carries
1: by one back. Well, yeah, it's a lot, but you know what? The Texans were leading that game for for pretty much the majority of the time, and again, this is why they paid Miller, and Miller has always been a very effective yard per carry guy. So it's it's good again to see him in an offense that's going to utilize. How good
2: him. do you think they are? Are going to be? I mean,
1: I mean, I think everything's relative, but I, I really I think that they're a top two or three team in the AFC. So do I, and I think that feels weird to say, doesn't it? They're just they're so well balanced, and last year you kind of looked at the team and said. Geez, if they had a quarterback who wasn't T.J. Yates or uh, or whoever was uh, was it Hoyer? That, that oh, no, it doesn't matter. They all sucked. Right, right. Who if they had a quarterback? And I'm not really that high on Brock Osweiler, but to be able to get Osweiler and again team him with better options on the outside, and to get that running back in Lamar Miller, the offense really finally caught up to the defense. It looks like, um, and then again, you take their division into into context and you think. They could feasibly sweep their division, depending on how these guys turn out. I mean, the Colts' defense couldn't stop a nosebleed yesterday. Jaguars, Jaguars look pretty good, showed a little bit of moxie. Titans, not a huge fan of the Titans, even though I, I picked them to be my whatever I picked them to be on Friday. My shot, in the Super dark. dark horse. Right, yeah, they stink. Um, Give the ball to Derrick Henry more, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. But I, I think, I really, I think the Titans, I mean, the Texans could be the best team in the AFC after the Patriots. I have them...
2: Without looking at their schedule, total, I think they can win eleven or twelve games.
1: Yeah, I mean, what I I don't remember if they I think they won nine last year without uh, a quarterback. Correct.
2: And me. now they have a, a, at least a somewhat competent quarterback because we really don't know how the Brock
1: Osweiler is yet.
2: Right. And but you have even more receivers now than they had last year, and a and a really good running back.
1: Yeah, I again I like them. We both like them for the last couple of weeks. We've kind of been. talking In fact, about I like them so
2: much they're going to be my new Madden
1: team. Makes sense. They should be a lot of fun in Madden. Who your old Madden team?
2: Uh, I tend to always be Jacksonville
1: and move them to a different city. Nice. Is you didn't even know Blake Bortles' name was Blake Bortles? Why do you? Well, choose because that? I trade them. Here's what I do with Madden's uh.
2: personal side: is I pick one. Of, I always pick a team that has a bad stadium, so you can relocate them. I tend to relocate them to London, make them the London Black Knights. I tend to trade away almost all their players and only draft bad rookies, so it's harder. And
0: play.
2: The only rookies I kept, like the the current team, the only rookie players I kept from the Jaguars were Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback, and Miles Jack, who
1: I moved to running back. Sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, they have a good young defense, so it it makes sense. They're going to be good.
2: Like, if Bortles Bortles looked really good yesterday, I know you threw that pick, but uh, if I'm a Jaguars fan, I'm kind of really optimistic for, like, next year. Yeah, for I, sure. I don't want to jump a year already but I'm just saying like it looks like they're actually building towards something
1: it does it does we'll, we'll get back to them in a couple minutes the team I was most surprised with yesterday were the bucks I not that you know beating the Falcons is necessarily an indication that you're a good team I just I was so skeptical to buy into them being an improved team this season and I think it's it's a little narrative driven to say well the quarterbacks another year older so they're gonna take a step forward. You know, everybody was very big on Mariota and Winston heading into the season. I kind of wanted to see it before I could really buy in. And Jameis Winston looked great yesterday. Tremendous.
2: what I mean, He threw four touchdowns. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah Jameis Winston goes 23 for 33 for 281. Four touchdowns, one pick. Again, the Falcons' defense is, isn't great. They're not world beaters. But to be able to come out in the first game of the season and get a win on the road like that, I, I think it's a great step forward for the Bucs. I, I don't think that they're going to necessarily be great this year. I think that they're probably going to struggle to be in the 500 neighborhood. But, but this they'll was be like a good,
2: a good 500. like Not like a Jeff Fisher-led Rams 500. They'll be a we're building towards something better 500.
1: Yeah, and it's it's encouraging to see Winston put up numbers in a competitive game and not necessarily just they're down so he's throwing and you know they're trying to come back, playing from behind all game. It was good to see that they're very focused on the passing game and Jameis really spread the ball out a bunch. I mean, Mike Evans caught five balls. Doug Mike Martin Evans is a balls. beast. Yeah, he, do people a, realize
2: how good he is? is That's a very large do?
1: human. I, I think they should. I would put him at tight end.
2: It it is, because he He's outrun every safety linebacker ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's already doing it on the outside. He, he's so good. He's a great option. Uh, he's very good for Jameis, obviously. Good to see them get, get a connection. I think he caught a 45-yard touchdown pass yesterday, Evans. Um, so I, I was... Again, I can't say it enough. I'm not surprised to see the Falcons lose their their home opener, but I was surprised to see Tampa look so good and really see Jameis look so good. So that that was, that was a team that kind of surprised me. All though. the
2: optimism today, we're going with
1: you, what else? Is, this is what week one is for. Okay? Oh, I have
2: the rest of the stuff we're. I think we're almost going to go rest of the way optimistic. Most of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes and no. All right. That, <laughs> yes next, and no. Here's where we go. No. The next question I want to ask you is, what were you the most disappointed with that you saw yesterday?
2: Well, in general, it's receivers not knowing how to go out of bounds. Uh, Detroit game, Matthew Stafford was losing his marbles every time nobody would go out of bounds. Two Dude, go- he was legitimately pissed. Well, I think he realized... He's, all right, so Stafford, he's not like a kid anymore. Like, he's kind of like at that stage now where if he doesn't start winning games, that he's not going to be the quarterback of the Lions moving forward. So, like, he has a lot on the line. And no more Calvin Johnson... Uh, I mean, Theo Riddick looked awesome yesterday, but Golden Tate only caught one ball, and I think he he realizes like, hey, like I think I have a good team. I think I think he thinks he's good, and I think he is decent. And uh, that's a game they were they should have won. Yeah, I, I know they did, but they almost gave it away at the end. And then he's making this drive, this magical drive down the field, and his guys just aren't getting out of bounds. <clears throat> and then obviously in the Dallas game, uh, the receiver had like you know. A lot of yards just trot out of bounds, and you just decided
1: to yeah, fly forward. Yeah, that was pretty surprising. Ter- Terrence Williams decides to, to get tackled and stay in bounds, and the, the the Lions game was interesting, too. Marvin Jones makes that huge catch, and it's like, what are you doing? Why aren't you getting out of bounds here? What, why wouldn't you not stop the clock? With 15 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and your team is losing. You know what was my
2: biggest pet peeve in that game, though? So the before the Lions count did the field goal, and they, they ran that one extra play where they just kind of threw it out of bounds to kill the clock. If you're not going to run any more plays, why are you calling a timeout with 12 seconds left to kick the field goal? Yeah, I didn't understand that. Why one. not do that with four seconds left so the other team doesn't even have a chance to do something on the kick return? Yeah, it's I my biggest they... pet peeve ever in all of football is, all right, we right. We're gonna you know you're going to kick the field goal. You have one timeout left. The clock's ticking. You could bring it all the way down to three or two or four or one second so the other team cannot get another playoff. Why are you doing it in a way where they're gonna at least get a kick return?
1: Got me there. By the way, Golden Tate caught seven balls yesterday. Are uh, you sure? That.
2: Oh man, yes. I must—I misread
1: stats. I went up against him in fantasy. I actually—I had Marvin Jones, and the guy I was playing against had Golden Tate and Eric Ebron, so I was watching, monitoring those closely. But back to the Lions and St- Stafford really balled out yesterday. He played awesome. He, Completed thirty-one to thirty-nine, three hundred forty yards, three scores, no picks. The running game got involved too for them. It was good to see Amir Abdullah run for sixty-three yards, caught five balls, also for almost sixty yards in a touchdown. So, again, similar to the Falcons, when you're scoring on the Colts, it's not like this offense is high octane. You got to watch out for this offense. They're going to put up numbers on everybody. But Stafford looks great, and they looked very good second half of last season when Jim Bob Cooter took over as the offensive coordinator. Shout out to Jim Bob Cooter. Usually like saying that, man. Everybody does. Um, but no, really, he, he's been awesome for them offensively, the, the way things have turned around for them and the way Matt Stafford's kind of been enabled to, to really throw the ball all over the place. And I think this year, it's got some great weapons. Obviously, you know, you lose Calvin Johnson, and how do you look at this team and say, well, look at all the pieces they have now. Maybe they'll possibly be better, but... Marvin Jones looked really good yesterday, and having a healthy Eric Ebron clearly helped and was good for Stafford. We weren't sure what we were going to get out of Ebron. Heck, even Anquan Bolden catched his three balls for 35 yards, so it was interesting to see the Lions kind of weather that that comeback from the Colts. I I thought the Colts were going to wind up winning that game, but the Lions kept driving every chance they had, and Stafford looked great. No, he
2: didn't. You know what? For Maligned, that offensive line is, uh, I don't know how many hurries he had. He only got sacked twice. Who's that? Luck.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he didn't take as bad of a beating as we were thinking he probably would wind up. And again, that, that's saying something because the Lions have a very good pass rush and have a great defensive line up front. So it's good to see Luck be able to do that. They also they ran the ball pretty well. Frank Gore looked pretty good. I just actually close out that box score. Eighty seven.
2: Eighty seven. I got it. Frank Gore ran the ball fourteen times for fifty nine yards. He also caught the ball four times for nineteen. Yeah, but so he was he was kind of key towards the end of the game for the Colts. Um, he's also nine thousand years old. It's amazing that he's their feature back.
1: Yep. Yes, it is. Do you right know? Like,
2: I'm not even trying to be disrespectful of Frank Gore. I'm just saying, like, you would think that they'd have like a number two punch. They don't. The second guy with the most rushes on the team was Andrew Luck with three more, three carries.
1: Right. I mean, they they have some young guys who are more uh, pass catchers and necessarily running backs in the backfield. It'll be interesting to see how they get incorporated as the season goes along. Another thought that I had. I don't know if you heard a couple days ago Marshawn Lynch discussing that he may come out of retirement at some point this season. And if he does, the Seahawks owe him $9 million. So it's likely if he does come back, it's not going to be with Seattle. So I don't know. Maybe it's time to start putting that on the Colts' radar because, like you said, Frank Gore is, what, 9,000 years old? And they don't really have any kind of running attack.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I don't even know if they want one. Like So like, that could be overblown.
1: That's a good uh, point too. It's
2: just... You know, you would think they'd have a second option other than Frank Gore. Maybe somebody like a, like a Speed Demon guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, usually you would have, like, your guy, and then you have another guy, and maybe even a third guy. And they're usually all different kind of acts. Instead, they just have Frank Gore.
0: Yeah.
2: And again, well, that's not disrespectful of Frank Gore. I mean, I think he's actually a Hall of Fame running back. Is that a hot take?
1: I I... I don't know, man. I don't he know. He has if no knees. Thinking, uh, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's had a great career. He's been very overlooked for a good chunk of his career. It's amazing he's been doing this as long as he has. Again, I know you're not knocking Frank Gore. You're knocking the Colts too. If you're planning on being one of the better teams in your division, you should probably have some kind of running game or some kind of insurance at running back. At least
2: like, like at least like options at the running game, not just literally nine thousand year olds
1: I'm sure Ahmad Bradshaw will be brought back at some point this season. I feel like he'll always be on the Colts. But um yeah, we'll see. Good good win for Detroit. Thing for I was that. most yeah. Well, I'm sorry, what were you gonna say? No, what good. were you gonna say good for? Detroit. Good for Detroit Detroit. Thing I was most disappointed with yesterday was obviously my New York football jets who did Jets things because the Jets do Jets things. Jets lose at home 23-22 to to the Cincinnati Bengals after getting off to an early lead and seemingly being in control for the majority of the game. Bengals come back, win on a game-winning field goal, slash Jets lose on a game-losing Ryan Fitzpatrick interception for the last play of the game. What else is new? Um, I, I didn't really expect for the Jets to come out and win this game. It was awesome to see them be so competitive and they look great in like the first five minutes of the game. Then reality sets in and the Bengals are a good team and Darrell Rivas isn't exactly the shutdown cornerback he used to be. AJ Green absolutely torched him for twelve catches, hundred eighty yards and a touchdown. It was bad. The Jets though the one bright spot for the Jets was the defensive line. I wanna say they got either six or seven sacks yesterday. They look they look great putting a lot of pressure on Dalton, but it just wasn't enough. Matt Forte had a really nice game too. You know, the the problem didn't seem to be the offense as much as it was the defense. Which, considering they have such a good line and such a good pass rush, really is just disappointing to to see that the secondary kind of couldn't keep up.
2: Ooh, poor Jets.
1: Yeah, Jets. Jets doing Jets things again. They have an impossible schedule to start the season off, and this would have been a huge win for them. Good way to start the year, and they just couldn't couldn't put the nail in, and they couldn't couldn't finish the game out. It was it was disappointing.
2: Sad face emoji. All
1: right, let's <laughs> let's go let's go back to being optimistic and positive. What are you most intrigued by moving forward that you saw yesterday?
2: The Oakland Raiders. The, uh, oh my
1: gosh, man that that was the like. Uh, I was going to say, can we say a word on the on the air? I guess that's probably no. Know.
2: If you have to ask.
1: <laughs> All right, it was the coolest thing I saw yesterday when Jack Del Rio goes for two to win that game at the end. Way to go,
2: Del Rio. Um. Yeah, man, Derek Carr looks super awesome. Uh, pretty balanced. Amari Cooper is a beast. They ran the ball a little bit. Their defense obviously didn't look ideal. Um, I don't know if you want to credit the Saints for that. Brandon Cooks and uh, Willie Sneed both had career days for the Saints. Um, so, yeah, their defense is obviously concerning, but that could also just be the Saints being the Saints' true beast through for 9,252 yards or 431, whichever one you prefer to go with. Um. So yeah, it's really interesting. I told you before we aired the show, before we began recording, that the AFC West intrigues me, because so you have Denver, unproven quarterback, really really good defense. You have the Chiefs, who have uh, were pretty well balanced, and then you have the Raiders, where Derek Carr ha- keeps improving, and now he, he has a we- he has a legitimate weapon on the outside. Kind of don't know how good their defense is. But, man, it's going to be really interesting to watch them the rest of the way and see how far, how much they actually improved if they have and if Derek Carr is going to be a legit top-tier-ish quarterback in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I thought that was really interesting, and I think that there are so many questions for this team. I mean, the defense has been one of the things people have been talking about a lot and that they should be vastly improved and that a lot of their their key players on defense are kind of entering an age where they're, entering their prime and aren't too young anymore to succeed. So th- it's going to be interesting to see if this team could kind of take the reins in the AFC West, which we're sh- we're still not sure what it's going to wind up looking like. I mean, the Chargers apparently lose Keen Allen for the year again yesterday, despite Melvin Gordon looking good, getting his first career touchdowns. Looks like it's going to be another rough year in San Diego. Chiefs you know, wound up being the benefactor of that game. They, they come from behind and look good, so it just... It comes down to can Oakland kind of enter that picture with the Chiefs and with the Broncos and how good are the Broncos going to be this year, you know, after winning the Super Bowl last year. And you can't really say, well, they don't have Peyton Manning anymore, so maybe they won't be good. They didn't have good quarterback play last year, and they still won the Super Bowl. So it's kind of not fair to expect them to take a step back. If anything, I mean, we saw C.J. Anderson look great on Thursday night, so maybe their offense will even be better this year than they were last year. Um, but back to Oakland, yeah, they, they look really good. And it was good to see Derek Carr air the ball out like that again. And I hate to keep doing this, but again, it's it's the Saints. So this was a game that we were kind of expecting Oakland's offense to flourish against. Yeah, but, but we have no
2: idea week one who's good, who's
1: bad, what defense correct. is there. Like I, we,
2: could, we could come back five weeks from now and be like, I can't believe Derek Carr threw for a Brazilian yard against the Saints. Or we could be like, of course Derek Carr threw a Brazilian yard against the Saints.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people expected this one to be a shootout, so it wasn't really surprising that it wound up going that way. But it just—I it, still can't believe they tied the game up at the end, Oakland, and they decide to go for two. That was just such a courageous act by Jack Del Rio, and it, it was really cool to see. So, yeah, I'm—I'm I'm pretty intrigued to see what Oakland does moving forward. Also, the, the team that really surprised me the most, though, were the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, you know, it's opening day, so you like to think that. Teams that are at home kind of have that momentum, even though I know you don't think momentum is a real thing. But they have that energy from the home crowd and from having all this time to game plan. And Jacksonville goes in and they go toe to toe with Green Bay, who, you know, Green Bay is always going to be good as long as Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback there. And the fact that they were really in that game kind of until the end told me all I need to know about this Jacksonville team that they're they're going to come out and they're going to compete this year. The defense really wasn't giving up a ton. Aaron Rodgers only threw for 199 yards yesterday and. The running game didn't really get going for Green Bay, so while we know Jacksonville's got Blake Bortles, who could throw for a billion yards, and Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns are both big-time receivers, Julius Thomas caught a touchdown yesterday, he's a great option for Bortles also, it's good to see their defense show up for the vast majority of the game and kind of keep a Green Bay team that, that could score a ton of points relatively in check, so I'm intrigued to see what Jacksonville does, again, we keep talking about the AFC South, and I don't really think that there's a great team in the division outside of Houston. So this could be a year for Jacksonville to to really move up and an inch closer to being a 500 team.
2: I'm totally with you. I I think we, I mean, they're they're my Madden team.
1: So, yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah, they're my Madden team.
2: That's my, listen, they're they're really young, not really young, but they have some young pieces on defense that, like, Miles Jack, I, I believe Miles Jack is not healthy. So I'm not 100% sure on that. But Jalen Ramsey's going to be a top corner in this league. Um, They still have uh, Penn State middle linebacker, I can never pronounce his name, plus Oh,
1: yeah.
2: They have Tevin Smith. Um, They have a ton of, like, nose tackle type of guys um, that are really, really good. And then you have somebody like Sheldon Day who could even grow into a a bigger role on the team as the season progresses, either as a nose tackle or an end. So, like, their, their defense is going to get better the more they play this year, which, which lends credence to your idea that they could bubble up and become the second-best team in that division. And I think that all hinges on what happens with the Colts, because if the Colts, if Andrew Luck could continue to transcend the talent around him, I think he has good receivers, good tight end. Um, I think his offensive line stinks and the defense isn't great. So I don't think they're a great overall team. I think Andrew Luck does have enough weapons, though, to help him win games his team otherwise probably shouldn't. I'm not hundred percent sure Jacksonville's there yet.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that that's gonna be one of the things I'm really looking forward to seeing this year because again, just just exciting stuff. Good to see offensive like the offenses like Jacksonville's and see uh, that their defense is catching up to them, similar to, to what we're seeing in Houston, seeing, you know, one side of the, the ball really meeting up with the other and seeing a team go from being perennially terrible to, to really competing in games against good teams in the league. You ready to do some bad tweets? Let's do it. Hit the music.
0: Cry MJ memes with the side of some racism. Many hot takes. Some of them. Bad tweets.
1: All right, I think, all right. I think I'm going to go first. All right, somewhere. go ahead. I feel like yours can kind of close. All right, more so but this
2: time I don't questions, I get to go second.
1: Uh, Sure, you got it. Thanks for setting the tone. All you're, right. you're welcome. My tweet was from Friday morning at 9.21 a.m., Friday, September 9th. It was from at Ed Werder ESPN, who was, quote, tweeting Rick Stroud. Rick Stroud's quote was, hashtag NFLPA and the NFL have no credibility on this issue if they aren't outraged that Newton stayed in the game. This, of course, referring to the end of the Thursday night game where Cam Newton gets absolutely obliterated on on a play that wound up being a a no-call because there was a... A holding penalty and a roughing the passer at the same time, so they they get or what was no it was I'm sorry I'm I'm a little all over the place it was a um, roughing the passer and a what's the word Gosh I'm terrible Cam Newton threw the ball away. <laughs> <laughs> still still getting into form intentional uh, grounding intentional grounding there it is Cam Newton picks up <laughs> an intentional grounding and he gets slammed in the head winds up being a no-call, repeat the down. Ed Werder tweets, Imagine the outrage if an illegal hit removes the league MVP QB from game-deciding drive and and is determined not concussed. I mean, with all the... Side of
2: caution, man.
1: Yeah, with all, just with all like the head injuries, it's, it's the type of thing where, you know, it's legit concern to wonder if Cam Newton should have been in that game and to, to just be amazed that... More of a big deal wasn't made out of that hit in real time. And after the game, you know, we we got to see highlight packages and replays of Cam just getting knocked in the head all night, and the refs and the officiating kind of allowing it. And you know, we talk we talk so much about protecting quarterbacks and not letting quarterbacks get killed. And you know, I, I don't like that that we do the thing where the day after we do, imagine if that happened to Tom Brady, guys would have had their lost their jobs. Um, it's just it's it's rough to to do this thing where we rationalize. And we say he needed to be in the game for ratings, and he needed to be in the game because it's the end of the game, and it's important. Nothing is more important than protecting your brain, <laughs> like nothing at all. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how where I stand on this.
2: No, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I rather we err on the side of caution. I don't know how well you much you follow boxing, but on Saturday, uh, Triple G, who's knocked out every guy he's fight, fought in the last eight years, was fighting. Um, oh God, his name's going to elude me, but this guy's. It's uh, something Kelly, and uh, this Kelly guy was tough as nails and just wanted to go down. His eye got busted up in the third round. Where we hit the fifth round. His corner, now this guy is eating Triple G's punches. Triple G's like the Mike Tyson of that division. of Kel Brook.
1: Kell Brook. Kell
2: Brook, yes. I call him Kelly. Holy smokes. Um Isn't okay. that you know, his, 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 his nickname Special K? But uh, so this dude just literally was eating Triple G's punches. He put his arms down to show that they weren't hurting, like his punches weren't hurting him. But his eye was busted open. So his re- his his corner threw threw him a towel to protect him from himself. Because what he was trying to do is, hey Triple G, you're not hurting me, yada yada yada. And but his corner threw, him the, the crowd was upset because it was Calbrook's hometown. And uh, what it turned out to be is there's. The dude was seeing four triple Gs. he, He admitted after the fight he saw three or four of them at a time. That's how bad his eye was messed up. And his corner didn't know that. They just aired on the side of caution. Now, had they let the fight keep going on because that guy was so tough, he probably would have lost vision permanently. And that's kind of where I am with any kind of violent sport is I'd rather everything be aired on the side of caution because if the worst thing that would have happened is Cam Newton is taken out of the game and we find out later he wasn't concussed, as opposed to he was left in the game, he was the and then
1: he died because he was left in the game. I'd rather
2: the uh, the former.
1: Yeah, and it's tough, too, because it's one of these things where football is such a... It's such a thing that lies in the middle of, like, the the wussification of America conversation. Yeah,
2: you stupid millennials.
1: The dumbest conversation and the, the worst thing in the world. Like, you know, you shouldn't be considered a wuss if you want people to live past 50 or if you want people to be able to
2: yeah
1: to remember their family members and to remember their life and remember their thoughts and remember what they ate for breakfast it's just i I know it it comes across to some people as I, i i don't even know i don't know how to rationalize it i don't know how to rationalize the other side in this argument of well you leave them in the game because guys did it in the 60s without helmets on you know what i mean like it just it's You
2: know, people that say that, it's also not their bodies. And they're asking other people to sacrifice their bodies for their own entertainment. So I totally get why they're doing it. They're being selfish. And they're showing a lack of empathy. And that's a huge issue in our country, as in other issues. So I don't expect them, with Cam Newton, somebody that's kind of polarizing, I guess, to some people. And they're not going to be like, hey... Cam Newton, be careful out there and be like tough it up, man it up, because you're still gonna remember from the Super Bowl and that diving on the ground and this just further puts ammo into the narrative that he's not tough or whatever the heck they think he isn't or is. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to be really delicate with what I say here.
1: I could tell. But it, it's good I and mean, it's fair because people people don't know how to do that with these conversations, you know, it's so black and white and it's the type of Literally thing where, Yeah, that too. <laughs> But it's the type of thing where, like, you know, you can't even be outraged if he has to come out of the game for this. It's it's so serious, and to just to, to have your head hunted like that, whether it's intentional or not, but to, to take shots to the head like that, it's it's scary to see, and it's scary to know what the results are, and to be able to, to see more about, you know, what's happening to guys who are dealing with that kind of punishment, It just, you, you worry when you see it happen, and again, I think health should really be the priority there over anything else, so... It's weird to see Ed Werder get it wrong because he covers the NFL so closely and it's Oh, so hurt, you know, he's been for in for the so he's long. been in
2: bad tweets pretty recently yeah. for something else. He's
1: he's apparently not a great tweeter. No, apparently not. Alright Joe, what's your bad tweet?
2: Alright, uh, my tweet is from today's knuckleball man and getter, Alex Ooh. Smokelock. Ooh, you can find him at a smokelock. I'm not spelling your name Alex because it's lying. The Patriots winning, despite Larry Fitz getting me enough points, 28, to win my fantasy matchup by three, was unexpected and appreciated. Dude, nobody cares about your fantasy football team.
1: Nobody cares about
2: yours either, Jared. And nobody cares about anybody when you wake up in the morning and you're like, and then somebody's like, well, I'm going to play this guy and this guy. I don't care. Nobody else cares.
1: I'm glad that you took at least two to three minutes of our podcast to talk about your created team in Madden, and are now <laughs> coming here to rail against anybody that's that engaging, about their fantasy that, football. That's team.
2: engaging product than giving our listeners.
1: <laughs> this is just a bad tweet. Yeah, it, it is kind of a bad tweet. Um, I and you're infamous
2: about, for going PPR week, Who do I take? I think you name two random dudes.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. You listen to football to fantasy football
2: podcast all day. Why do you have to turn to the mean streets of Twitter to get help?
1: It's a conversation. It's fun to have conversation. I like to crowdsource. I like to get people's takes on things, even though I don't respect them. And this would be like don't. the
2: general manager of the Jets going, guys, who do you want me to draft? This guy or that guy? No, you've got to man up. It's your team, Jared. Stop crowdsourcing. It's your responsibility because if, if you win or lose based off those guys and they're not going to be there standing with you while you're getting made fun of for not winning.
1: Thanks, man. I didn't realize any of that before you pointed it out to me. It's the type of thing that there, there's rankings on every single website, too. So it's not like it's not like I'm looking for someone's answer and then I'm going to go do it. I mean, I, I crowdsourced yesterday asking if I should start. Because look at what you're doing. Now you're making me talk about my fantasy football
2: no, team. No, I'm not at all making you oh, talk about it. No, 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 it.
1: you are. So I'm I telling you, it.
2: nobody wants to hear about it. And you're yeah. just going to do it anyway. You're using this as an opening to talk
1: about your fantasy football team. You're using this as an opening to talk about your fantasy football team. So, I don't even yes, have a fantasy football team. So yesterday I asked if I should start Marvin Jones or Jordan Matthews and everybody's like, Oh, Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones A and Jordan wrong. comes out. I was just looking but here's my point. I was just looking for one person to say everybody's overthinking this. Jordan Matthews is the only feasible option in that offense for Carson Wentz. You should totally start Jordan Matthews. Instead everybody's like, Well, the the Colts suck and the Lions are gonna score nine hundred points and Marvin Jones is gonna score at least 470 of those points. And I'm not too upset that I started Jones over Jordan Matthews. I did wind up getting my win, and I still oh, have Yeah, and I saw Vance McDonald to go tonight, so big things riding on that game. I'd I like to get people's opinions. So here, here's the thing. I do think it's kind of annoying when people just tweet about their fantasy football teams, or they say, gosh, I got the win. That was close. Like, what am I going to say to that? Who, who cares? Congratulations, mazel. But if you're like... Who should I start and why? And it engages a conversation. I mean, I think that that's what Twitter is all about. No.
2: No. All right. For conversation, yes. About your fantasy football team and what receivers should be starting. No.
1: All right. Slide into somebody's us. DMs
2: with that stuff.
1: All right. Thanks. Thanks for the advice. I will change my ways because. Apparently or at least
2: make it a poll. Did you make that question a poll on Twitter?
1: No, I didn't make it a poll. I don't no can why be- there was only two options. I don't want to be disappointed by the lack of votes. Yep. I, so I, <laughs> I interact with a lot of fantasy football writers and people who get paid to cover fantasy football. So oh, oh I was, all right. Yeah, name, yeah ma- name drop without dropping names. So I was just hoping that somebody would see it and respond to it. That's it.
2: Well, so you were just looking for attention.
1: Yes, totes. You're the first. <laughs> All right. Let's do absurd questions. <laughs> all
2: right. Let's hit that. It's not actually music. Just some guys. It is time for the absurd questions portion of the podcast
1: absurd questions all right, all right who's
2: going first on this one you or me
1: yeah you you said you want to go second so i guess oh I wait wait well first... how good is your absurd question how good is it yeah i don't know man you you said you want to go second so you're going second all right fine well did you do you want to go first yeah because i've been going second most of the time lately what what did, okay i know i changed my mind in the middle of the podcast you probably said you should go first why would you want to go second anyway go first man lead it off what do you okay. got if you could force
2: any non-quarterback, as in a guy that never played quarterback in college or in the NFL, to be the quarterback of your favorite team, the New York Jets, who would it
1: be and why? It's a good question. Um, does it have to be somebody that's on the Jets?
2: No, no, no. It could be anybody in the entire NFL. They have to be in the NFL now. You can't go like Allen Iverson in his prime. You know what I mean? Um, he played quarterback in high school. But, uh, shout, out
1: to, shout out to Allen Iverson, his prime, who played quarterback in high school. His speech the other night was amazing. Yes, and I know. Was. Was, I know we said we weren't going to talk about it on the show, but I love that guy. I thought his speech was so good. It was so fun that he mentioned he could have played football literally for any school in the country, that he had offers on the table to play football everywhere, and that he wasn't into basketball until until he got into basketball. Anyway, that I don't want to take attention off of your absurd question, If I could have anybody play quarterback for my football jets, anybody... So, but it can't
2: be Terrell Pryor or Braxton Miller because they've played quarterback They've
1: played quarterback, right. I understand. Um, That's a good question. I mean, so my mind immediately goes to, like, big guys, like J.J. Watt. But then I think he wouldn't be able to do anything. He wouldn't be able to throw the ball. He wouldn't be able to run with the ball. Um, Do you have an answer? Yes. What's your answer? Buy me a little time. (laughs) My
2: answer is Dree Archer. Why? Uh, because he's really small and super fast, and that's it. He's not even – I don't think he's actually on the roster. I think he's a free agent right now.
1: Small and fast free agent.
2: You know – so I'm basically just saying, like, since whatever guys are available probably can't throw the football, at least give me a guy that can run around like a
1: maniac. Right. i the beer option sense. if I have to. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you know what? In that respect, then, I uh... – uh, This is a really good question. I wish I wish Noel Devine was in football still because I'd probably take Noel Devine to, to play quarterback Ooh. for my favorite football team.
2: Not bad. I like Noel.
1: He, he was my favorite college football player for a really long time. You could take um, Tim
2: Tebow. He's not a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I was Ba-da-bing! gonna ask you, I was gonna ask you about Tebow, but I decided <laughs> that was low hanging fruit, and I'm better than that.
2: Well, I was gonna say Christian Hackenberg is already on the roster. No, you. you, oh, what are you
1: doing? <laughs> give, give me Vince Wolfork. I, I'm gonna stick with the big guy. Just
2: keep QB sneaks three yards at a clip.
1: That's it, dude. If you just keep getting three yards every time, you, you're gonna you're gonna score eventually. You'll be fine. We don't need to throw the ball. Just just move it. And that that's like that's legit ground and pound football. If you get Vince Wolfork as your quarterback and <laughs> just run the wildcat on every play.
2: No, you just have him line up directly behind the center and
1: just go fall forward. Because him falling forward is probably three yards yeah probably all right i like it vince Wilfork, final answer i like it so
2: we have two extremes giant vince wolf five foot six 185 pound injury archer
1: perfect done all right my absurd question was uh influenced by being at a wedding the other night as you know i am getting married in uh close to five months now the the clock is ticking we're, we're almost there mm-hmm. so my, my wedding is coming up and i keep thinking of Awful, terrible ideas of things that I could do that would be fun slash funny at my wedding. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is what song are my then wife and I going to enter our party to? Ooh. You know, when when after the ceremony and everybody gets into the big ballroom and you start to come out, what song are you going to come out to? Nice. So I had I had I had the thought the other night. I would love for us to come out to a wrestling song.
2: Oh yeah, I knew it. most people do.
1: Most people want to, or most people do come out to wrestling?
2: Um, the last three weddings I went to, and mine, we came out the wrestling
1: music. Are you kidding me? Yeah, dude, I think that's kind of the thing. Like, I think if you're cool, that's what you do. So this is my, my absurd question was, if you could have one wrestling song play at your wedding, what would it be? Are yeah. you Macho
2: Man Randy Savage's?
1: Holy crap. Seriously? Yeah. Um, my did wife, you, my wife, what well, What's that? Did you put your wife on your No,
2: shoulder? no, 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 but... So, like, when we were talking about it, because some, like, somebody suggested the, the, the Bulls arena music theme that they that's used a, to play. That's a really good one, yeah. Um, but, like, re- I was coming off one of my best friend's weddings the week prior to ours, and theirs was the NWO theme music, and we were already discussing through that, and then I was like, you know, everybody's going to pick kind of modern guy and stuff. Let's do the Macho Man. And I was, and I was like, you could be my Queen Elizabeth. That's what I told my wife. And, uh, So, like, nobody got the music except my friends, but that's all that really counts. Like, I don't care about, like, my third cousin. Right. So, um, yeah, dude, I totally say go with the wrestling theme. I just say don't go. Try to be outside the box. Don't do NWO. Don't do Hulk Hogan. um, Don't do, um, like, anything super, super modern because, I mean, because you got to remember your fan base. Your fan base is your friends, and they probably, if they don't watch wrestling, they're not going to know uh, John Cena's theme music. Although, that would kind of be funny if it came up to John Cena's theme music.
1: Yeah, I don't watch wrestling, so that's not going to be a problem for me. It would be an older one. The two I'm telling you, Macho is, Man's good, dude. That's a good one. That, that is a good one. Hulk Hogan's a good one, too. Ric Flair's? The, the two ones, the two that came to my mind immediately were DX, so we could come out and I could do the Shawn Michaels, uh, you know, sprawl out taunt where I flex and stretch my legs out, and she does like the Triple H suck it behind me. <laughs> like, how freaking hysterical would that be? I wish she thinks this is funny. Uh, the other one was Stone Cold, obviously the glass breaks and we kind of just walk <laughs> out and give everybody. Just
2: really fingers. mad and just shaking your head.
1: Yeah, we give everybody the finger and start stuff. Does the, she know I you're
2: even thinking about this?
1: No, I can't tell her. She'll be. She'll, she won't even laugh. She'll be like, Jared, no. Like, that will be the entire conversation. Well, okay. the thing
2: for me was the Macho Man music is kind of classy.
1: Yeah, it is. It's not, like, obvious wrestling music.
2: No, no, no. Like, if you didn't know wrestling, you'd just be like, oh, this is neat music. Like, if you, you came know, out with the zone like, the glass breaking, then <laughs> the music, oh, man. It'd be tremendous. I'd pay, I'd pay
1: to see it. Right? How good would that be? And I, like, rip the sleeves off my tuxedo <laughs> or something
2: like that. but' <laughs> no, tell be I... like your friends are throwing your beers and you're just catching them and chugging them.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Not even drinking. I'm just getting beer all over my tuxedo. But no, <laughs> yeah, the, the DX one is really intriguing to me because could you just imagine like the everybody's waiting for us to come out. It goes silent. All you hear is "Are you ready?" And like the bump, bump, and we got up lighting, so like the room goes black, and then green lighting hits, and then the door is open, and we just come out to break it down, and like we just start bugging out and taunting and doing suck it. I oh, that's dude,
2: that's that's oh man, I would totally wait. for either one. I'd pay to see it. You got to convince your wife, your future wife to do
1: this. I know, man, I know. It's such a good idea. Like, I wish she would think it's a good idea. I'm trying
2: Now I'm trying to think if any of my friends are getting married so that I could convince them to do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, find someone, because this is, this is gold. This I'm going be to
2: befriend somebody to. that's not currently my, my friend, but they're close to being married, just so I can talk to them into this yeah,
1: idea. Yeah, dude, just, like, ha- search Twitter search, like, hashtag engaged or something like that and make make a friend. I don't know.
2: Oh, um, this, I bet you, I bet you if we went down YouTube, we'd
1: find people doing stuff like this. Probably. I'm pretty amazed to hear that you know people that have had wrestling music. Dude, like,
2: I don't want to over-exaggerate the number, but I think it's three or
1: four. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought this was going to be a little bit of a reach asking, but I, I mean... No, like,
2: I was, as soon as you started talking, I'm like, bud, I'm here, I'm here for this.
1: You, I can't believe you came out to Macho Man. That's a good one to come out to. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of other ones that would be really good. <laughs> Obviously, like, Billy Gunn would be a good one to come out to, but I'm, I'm an a man. Yeah, I'm an A man. But that's that's weird. Oh, the other one that I was thinking about the other day. How awesome would it be if we came out to Gangrel's music?
2: Pretty cool. Like would you have would you the like float yeah. would you float up from above from underneath the ground? Like have a yes. smoke machine so and you a guys are crouching and then you're just coming up
1: above the smoke. A ring of fire, exactly. The the other one that I thought about was uh the original Kane music. That would be a good one to come out to. Yeah, it would. People would there's, so many,
2: there's so many good theme music in wrestling, like like fun, of, that you could do with this. It's just, you you could spend a day doing this.
1: Yeah, Undertaker, if we came out to Undertaker, that'd be pretty great.
2: Yeah, but you'd have to do a really slow walk. I don't know how yeah. comfortable you are with people staring at you. That's yeah, why the Stone Cold one's pretty good, because while all the eyes would still be on you, you could have a lot of fun with it, so it would deflect the nervousness, I think. If you're just walking very slowly with the Undertaker's music, would everybody staring at you and 99% of the people
1: not getting it? Well, I think what would have to happen is my then-wife would have to wheel out a coffin and I would be in the coffin and I would rise. Oh! Or she could hold the urn. She could be the...
2: the Well, you're getting married. It should be the other way around. You should come out and then she should put you in the coffin.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we've run our course on this conversation. No, I I think we could do
2: an entire
1: podcast on this topic. I think we probably could too, but for everybody's benefit, we're not going to. Anyway, I'm, I'm Jared. Thank you guys for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jamin's Catch my basketball writings at todaysfastbreak.com. I also want to give a shout-out. You should know by now, we do two shows a week and the segment music on our Friday shows has just been out of control. So, shout-out to our producer who makes the segment music, a.k.a. Joe Nardone. <laughs> Joe, tell the people where they could find you.
2: You can find me on Twitters at Joseph Nardone um, at today's fast break as well at today's you I ask the people that listen today go on my timeline find an article I wrote about human rights in college basketball um, I think we're violating them so if you could give that a read that'd be kind of
1: kind of neat yeah we definitely avoided that conversation today I think that one could have made our bad tweets because we saw some stuff over, over the week so definitely go and read that Joe makes some really good points and uh, yeah amateurs are people too Yeah. All right, guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Friday.
0: Laters. All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hot It's Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking. No one's clicking. Their kinkus are filling up their pockets But not for riders Not for riders Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow No tomorrow No tomorrow And I find it kind of funny I find it kind of sad The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you. I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. Mad world.